1: Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the five to the four-yard
0: line. <laughs> Holy bowling.
1: <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the mid. And the at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 29.
0: 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The daggers in. No! We're gonna win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening,
1: and you're missing out! Woo!
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 202. It is the mailbag episode, a formula that, you know, we've used before. A mailbag show is nothing new, but I think with this season, we are definitely going to try and work it into our regular schedule as we approach three shows a week, social media, But welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks.
1: and the Ravens last night, and a crazy game, but uh, right. yeah, it finally feels like football is, football is back in full swing, so let's ride.
0: How do you think uh, James is feeling with his fantasy team right about now? What what were his quarterbacks again? He had Ryan Fitzpatrick as his starter, I think Correct. Zach Wilson, and Derek Carr Correct. on his Correct. bench, and uh, I'm sure we can only guess who he tried to start this week, right?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's just it's comical. He doesn't even try. It's just, it's... <laughs> it's shameful. Um, he shouldn't really play fancy football. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he also had Jamal Williams on his bench and he was bragging to me that Jamal Williams got 30 points. And I was like, okay, he's on your bench. So why are you bragging to me? <laughs> he's like,
0: Oh, I know, but it's, you know, it's great. Cause it's good strategy for me because now I know I can start him next week. Is, yeah. Is you see this, attitude. he yeah. just
1: thinks every guy's going to do that every week. Yeah. It's just, yeah, if you do it, totally. if you do it once, if you do it once, you can do it again. Um, so now, yeah, he's going to start Derek Carr when Derek Carr's going into Pittsburgh against the Steelers defense, so that'll be fun.
0: Well, his um, starting quarterback, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, went down with injury. The Washington football team actually placed him on IR today.
1: that's why, a good thing he has three.
0: Yeah, it is a good thing he has three, so I guess it was a little bit of a contingency plan there from him. So, I mean, in a way, I guess we have to kind of give him his props on that no, one but... i'm not giving
1: him any props on that but you know it's yeah, and, and then he's, he's also gonna have a rookie uh zach wilson who just lost a starting tackle so that's always a positive you know you, you when a rookie loses his starting tackle that's uh that's when you know you got a, a keeper so.
0: oh man well with fitz magic going down and washington putting him on the reserve today let's talk about some more injuries but this time regarding the tampa bay buccaneers sean Murphy bunting. Uh, we saw him exit the game in the first half against Dallas. He was diagnosed with a dislocated elbow. The Bucks put him on the IR, which we know is a minimum of three weeks. When asked about it, head coach Bruce Arians had a very interesting quote that I wanted to get your two cents on. Uh, the way he put it is that SMB is either going to miss four weeks or the rest of the season. Now, between you and me, I don't think there is a chance he misses the entire season but when Bruce says something like that, like, is he just covering his ass just in case he misses more time than we expect?
1: I think so. I mean, I, I, I don't really expect him to miss the season either. So Bruce Arians basically saying, oh, like, I thought the quote was super weird. Um, right. He can either come back in four weeks, which is going to be basically the, the minimum time or he's going to miss the whole season. There's, <laughs> like, yeah, like, uh, OK, like th- that tells me nothing. Like, that literally tells me nothing. I think that was just Bruce's way of trying to get out of the question and not give a specific date. Uh, I'm I'm sure they know. Like, they know, like, what – like, and he said, like, they have to get more stuff done they're going to figure out in two or three days. You already know that stuff. Your medical teams are second to none. You already know that stuff. That They know what it's looking like. So, I think, yeah, like you said, he's just trying to cover – Cover all bases, um, not trying to say, oh, we'll be back in five weeks. And then all of a sudden he's back in eight weeks. And it looks like, you know, Bruce Arians looks like an idiot that. Yeah. Uh, so I just think he's just trying to cover his butt. And we'll see if, you know, if if he does miss the season, you know, maybe that does um, change the Bucks' plans as far as adding a veteran corner, whether it be a trade at the, at the trade deadline. I actually thought about that today if Sean Murphy Bunting were to, to miss the whole season, I think the trade deadline is something, you know, it's rare. It's not like the MLB or, or um, NBA trade deadlines where there's a lot of moves. There's not a ton of moves there, but it's possible um, that a veteran corner could be out there for the taking. Um, not like Stefan Gilmore or anything, so don't, <laughs> don't get on that train. I know there's going to be people, but if you were to miss a season, maybe that changes their plans uh, as far as adding a veteran corner. But uh, I, I don't expect him to miss the season. I think the max is probably five or six weeks. I, I'm not a doctor, but I would guess the max is about five or six weeks.
0: Now, regarding some updates out of that secondary, the Buccaneers did bring in a veteran corner. While he probably wasn't the veteran corner that people were asking for, it is a very interesting situation. Pierre Desir, I believe his name is. Wanted to get your thoughts on that guy because he definitely has experience starting and he even had a couple of picks last year.
1: They brought in a veteran corner who used to play for the Seattle Seahawks. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Pierre desire That's right. Who else did you think? Yeah. Did you, did, yeah. I, I don't know anybody. Do you, know, you think of anybody else? I, who were you expecting? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, Pierre desire was actually he played decent. Uh, he played for uh, the Colts for a few years. Um, and, and he played decent there. He's bounced around from team to team a little bit, but uh, he played on the Jets last season and had three interceptions, uh, including one pick six. He's, I think, 31 years old. Uh, he actually signed with the Seahawks this past offseason, uh, but then was ended up ended up getting cut uh, during training camp. So now he's a free agent and the Bucks signed him to their practice squad. I would suspect if he's able to, you know, if he's able to get the speed on on the defense enough and like the Atlanta offense that's coming up, I would suspect he would be a practice squad elevation guy uh, for this coming week. You're allowed two, so I would suspect he would be a guy because I would guess the Bucks would rather put a guy like him in over a guy like Dee Delaney if they have to. So uh, I. You know, I'm it's no guarantee and because we'll see how ready he's able to be with the playbook and be able to get the speed on that stuff. But if they were to have an elevation there, I think it would be it would be him. But um yeah, no no Richard Sherman like uh like a lot of people were 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 hoping. Uh I do not believe that it's going to be happening.
0: Yeah. Well another change in that secondary, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but uh safety Andrew Adams was elevated from the practice squad this week and that's a nice little reunion there because we know he had Ended up signing with the Eagles over the uh, over the offseason. Went and did some special teams work in the preseason. I don't think he landed the role that he entirely wanted over there. Not sure how things didn't work out, but regardless, he is back here in Tampa Bay and uh, is actually counting against the 53-man roster once again. So good for Andrew Adams. But one more update on that secondary before we start to get to these questions. Jordan Whitehead possibly looking ready to go. For week number two, he definitely looks a lot better this week than he did last week. I know that BA was optimistic coming into the season opener, said that, yeah, there's a really good chance that he'll play, but obviously that injury lingered around a little bit longer than we expected. He wasn't getting the action in practice. He is back at practice now. I know today he wasn't out there in pads, uh, but he was out there moving around, running around, doing stuff. And I believe that the section that is open to the media. Uh, He was really only getting special teams work, but you got to feel better about Jordan Whitehead at least being out there and participating because we saw in week one how depleted this secondary can get even when you're missing only one or two guys to injury. Um, You know, this is a unit that wanted their props. I think Carlton Davis had a really good game, but beyond your initial starters, there's not a whole lot of comfort in this secondary. So good to see Jordan Whitehead out there. Do you think he's going to be good to go for week two?
1: I think so, just because, I mean, Bruce Arians said he's like 90% sure that, that Jordan Whitehead will be able to play. He said that, I think, right almost right after the Dallas game. Uh, I still believe that if that Dallas game was on Sunday, Jordan Whitehead would have been able to play. I think it's just with it being Thursday and the short week, I just think they didn't want to risk anything. I think he'll play. I think he'll be on a snap count, but I do think he'll play. Uh, now, today, you know, Jordan Whitehead not really been doing much, it was a light practice for the entire team today. They weren't even wearing full pads, um, so nobody was wearing full pads. Um, so, uh, you know, it's hard to base. It really is hard to judge. We'll see more on Wednesday and Thursday. I think those will be the two. I mean, if he doesn't participate Wednesday or Thursday, then I, I would guess he's not playing. But I would guess if he's limited, he'll probably be questionable going into the game, but I think he might give it a go.
0: Yeah, you'd love to see it. Now let's go ahead and get into these questions. This is an assortment of emails. Uh, you guys can actually send us an email at any time, cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. It is not strictly reserved for the mailbag show, but it is definitely appreciated when we need to find some content. We also throw some stuff up on Instagram and uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of that you know, question and answer type stuff occasionally. So go check us out there at Cannon Fire Podcast, best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. So let's get to our first question. We will keep the conversation on this secondary because it seems like that's the hot topic this week. I mean, with the injuries and the performance that they had in week one, let's go ahead and break this down and start getting to these questions. Jay underscore Maya on Instagram, who also has a YouTube channel, Bucket With You Girl, if you guys want to check her out, uh, gave her a shout out on our community tab and our social media. She is just you know getting her, her channel up off of the ground, so make sure you go check that out. But she brings us this question. Should we be concerned for the secondary if they have a repeat performance against Atlanta? Now, with what we know about Atlanta, I know it's only been one week. And it's, you know, week one, the day after, is usually overreaction Monday. But let's talk about Atlanta and let's talk about the secondary. To answer your question, J. Maya, if the Bucks have a repeat performance against Atlanta... I'm worried about a lot more than just the secondary on that defense because Atlanta is dog water and there is no way in my opinion that Matt Ryan should be able to move the ball. Like Dak Prescott was able to do on Thursday night. We talked about how Dak and that receiving core of Dallas is a little bit underrated. That offense is probably going to put up some great numbers this year. I don't see the same for Atlanta. With that being said, I think if we have a repeat performance against Atlanta, and the defense gives up 450 total yards, I'm going to be pretty concerned.
1: I don't know about a repeat performance. Um, I mean, if it's a repeat, sure, but I do expect Atlanta to get yards, get points. Um, Calvin Ridley's one of the best in the league. Uh, Kyle Pitts is, is still I know I was like you know oh Kyle Pitts whatever he, he's unproven and, and we know he is and he wasn't like a big factor but he still is somebody you have to account for um, and Matt Ryan's a veteran quarterback you know he's not going to make the dumb mistakes he might make some mistakes but he's not going to make them dumb boneheaded mistakes that would really cost you a game I mean, the you avoidable know. stuff yeah, he, he's going to take the safe route. He's going to play it safe. He's going to try and put his team in the best position to win. And he's not going to – like, he's not going to have many turnovers. He's just – you're not. Like, the the bucks, the bucks did not have an interception off of Matt Ryan last year. Uh, they, they, they won both games, uh, but they did not have an interception off of Matt Ryan. Uh, he just doesn't really throw a lot of them. So he's going to take care of the football, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean – if it's a repeat performance, yeah. If it's like the same exact thing, just because the biggest difference is the Cowboys offensive line is is still decent while the Falcons offensive line is probably a bottom six or seven unit in the league uh, with a bunch of young players. And I just think the Cowboys had a great game plan, right? But the game plan also helped with their offensive line playing really well. I think even if Atlanta comes out with that same game plan and the Bucs are still playing a little passive, I just think there's going to be some spots where the Bucs' pass rush is just going to be able to get there against Atlanta where they couldn't against Dallas. So, yeah, I would be concerned if it was a repeat performance, but I also wouldn't expect a – Total domination just because Atlanta scored six points uh, last week. They're gonna want to. They're gonna be plenty motivated to go out and actually score a touchdown.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think if that first half, uh, even if it's a first half where the the Falcons are moving the ball pretty easily, I have enough faith that the adjustments made after the half are gonna be enough to really slow them down. Because it, in my opinion, I think that's where the Bucks are gonna win a lot of their games this year. Is the second half. Um, but like I. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like with Atlanta, you know, their offense, Matt Ryan can sling it, but I just do not think that they're going to be able to do a whole lot to this Bucks secondary this week. Even with the, you know, missing Sean Murphy bunting, Ross Cockrell kind of stepping up in there, you don't know if it's going to be Mike Edwards or Jordan Whitehead predominantly, but I just like to believe that if they put up over 400 yards on the secondary, then something is wrong. Because even though Atlanta has an offense that can move the ball, I just, I don't know, man. I I don't see something like that happening. So I would definitely be concerned if it's a repeat performance. Let's let's make that very clear. If it's a repeat performance of what we saw against Dallas, we will be concerned. But I do not think it will come to that point. I don't think Evan thinks it will come to that point either. But, of course, we have to wait and see. And we'll get more information on Atlanta with the game preview a little bit later this week. Now, another question regarding this secondary comes from Josh dot young on Instagram. And this has to do with the Falcons offense. We won't go into too much detail because like I said, we do have the game preview coming up, but it's worth mentioning is the Falcons offense bad. Or do we expect a similar pace to last year? Because let's not forget when the bucks played in Atlanta, they found themselves in quite the hole in the first half. Luckily they were playing the Falcons and were able to dig themselves out of it to get the win. But You know, I I talked about not expecting Atlanta to be able to move the ball on us, but let's face it, Matt Ryan finds ways to make it happen, and he usually does even when Atlanta sucks that year. Uh, Their offense is usually pretty okay at moving the football. But but what do you think? From what you saw, you know, week one, you really didn't see very much. Six total points for Atlanta, and Matt Ryan was just – I think I saw a tweet that said, like, Matt Ryan would have been safer in the parking lot that day than he was on the field. Uh, what do you think of this Falcons offense? Are they really going to be able to move the ball on us like that?
1: Um, so, I mean, yeah, people forget that you know, the Falcons put up 27, exactly 27 points in both matchups last year uh, versus the Bucks. So uh, the Falcons also only won four games last year, despite having that really <laughs> good offense. Um, so, yeah, okay, the Falcons offense isn't that bad. It's not as bad as what they showed on on Sunday against Philly. It's not. It's
0: definitely not but as bad as their defense.
1: But it's also not as good as like it's been in years past. Just because the offensive line just looks like a complete mess. Um, that's the biggest thing to me. Their offensive line looked awful. I mean, Philly. The strength of their defense is the front seven. Um you know but guess what the strength of the bucks defense is you know, the, the front seven so uh i just think it, it really plays into the bucks favor there I, I don't the falcons are i i'm pretty confident i you people can call me a, a hater or whatever i'm pretty confident the falcons are probably going to score a touchdown on sunday just because they're an nfl team and and that's what nfl teams do um like I said, they didn't score. He scored six points. I think they're going to score more than six points.
0: Yeah, I don't think okay. the Hawks are going to shut him out by <laughs> any means.
1: Like, I, I mean, like they're, they're going to score more than six points, okay? Like, they, this, the offense still does have talent. It still does have Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Kyle Pitts, and like we talked about earlier, Matt Ryan. So we're not really going to get too much into it because that's that's for later this week. That's for Thursday or Friday, whenever that may be. But, I, like I said, I don't think they're that bad. They're not as bad, but they're also – I wouldn't come out – I wouldn't expect the Falcons to drop 30 on the Bucks, but I also wouldn't come out and expect them to, oh, the Bucs will just throw out what, three points. No, I wouldn't expect that. I think it's going to be – the Falcons are going to score points. It won't be near – they won't have nearly the success that Dallas had, but they also won't be nearly as bad as the Falcons were against Philly. So.
0: And I think it's really important to mention – you kind of touched on it at a uh, little earlier – but, the Battle of the Trenches this week i know I know I was all hyped up about you know Zach Martin not being ready to go for Dallas in week one. I thought these, I thought these <laughs> guys were going to eat, but Connor McGovern stepped in there, and you probably couldn't tell the difference between him and their usual all pro right guard. Dallas has a great offensive line as a unit aside from just that one Hall of Famer who was on the reserve list that week, taking a look at Atlanta's offensive line. I'll say it again this week, and I mean it much more than I did last week because let's just face it, I was wrong when I said this on the game preview a week ago. But there is no reason that our guy should not get to Matt Ryan more than one time, and at the very least, keep him on his ass for the entire game, right? Like, keep him unsteady in the pocket, force him to move around, go through his progressions, extend those plays, get your guys in the secondary in a better playmaking position, or at the very least, hit the damn quarterback because that's, what's going to cause mistakes. That's what's going to cause this offense to stall out. And I think that there is a great chance. Tampa Bay is going to be able to do that this week, but that's the huge difference between like Atlanta moving the ball to Dallas moving the ball, because we know Dallas has, uh, has very talented players at the skill positions, but the offensive line, those are the guys that make their money up front, right? To, to, to block for Dak Prescott, you have to be among one of the best. And it's been like that in Dallas for years. And, uh, we know that because that's how they played in week one. One more question regarding the secondary, and then we'll move on to some other ones. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, while this is the hot button topic, we, we get out in front of it and talk about it. Young Cart on Instagram, great username, brings in a question that I think I'm just going to give you the floor for this one because I feel like you get frustrated with these kinds of people. Uh, you already addressed them once in the show. But the people who want Richard Sherman... Stephon gilmore these big name corners that kind of aren't realistic and and probably wouldn't mesh very well uh with the culture that this young secondary already has his question is this why won't the bucks look at someone like a richard sherman as a vet presence in the secondary evan simply because you know this isn't madden and uh (laughs) we're
1: not we're not playing with monopoly money here um
0: well, people said that last year, and then, you know, all of a sudden we get Antonio Brown. So maybe this is mad for, for the Bucks team. For peanuts. Yeah. Um, yeah that's true, too. I, you
1: know, I, and maybe Richard Sherman would cost peanuts. Maybe. Who, who knows? But as far as Stefan Gilmore, one, you have to trade for Stefan Gilmore. So you have to give up assets. Two, the only reason that you might be, New England might be trading their number one corner. He wants a new contract. So yeah, not only do you have to give up assets, but you also have to pay him the money that you don't have. So are you going to let Carlton Davis walk then and sign Savon Gilmore? Like, I think people say these things and then they don't think about the repercussions that may happen with them. Um, I'm not saying that, that a veteran corner doesn't come in, right? We've already seen a, a veteran corner kind of come in, right? I'm just saying I wouldn't expect it. For one, Richard Sherman isn't what Richard Sherman was four years ago. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. Um still a good player, but he's just he's not what he was four years ago. Uh and Stefan Gilmore is actually injured right now. So like you know, the trade deadline I think is around week eight. Maybe you see the Bucks hunt for a a veteran corner. It's not gonna be a guy like Stefan Gilmore. Um, it'll probably be a veteran who probably has an expiring contract and it's just basically a rental that is going to be there to just try and win a championship and to, to try and help out if, if they add one, I still don't believe they're going to have, because I think Sean Murphy Bunting will be back sometime this season and they're going to roll with the group they have, but yeah, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. Like it, it, it's I I know that we said this about oh you know whenever whenever you say that to people, um they say well you said that about Tom Brady and you said that about Rob Gronkowski and you said that about Tony Brown. Are we just gonna are we just gonna do that for every single thing now then? You know are are we going to oh the the Bucks are gonna uh, trade for Christian McCaffrey <laughs> and, and, and then I say no they're not. Got Will some guys got work? some
0: guys who can't catch out of the backfield Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette that's exactly. okay but, get get CMC in there. Sure. No I th- problem,
1: right? <laughs> no problem. With me, no problems with me. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, like they can say anything and then you say that's not going to happen. They say, well, you also said this wasn't going to happen. And it did. Like, Can we stop going back to the three outliers in this? Right. The three like very specific situations. Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown, especially, were two extremely specific situations. Okay, that like the cards just fell at the right time.
0: I also want to say and and just put on the record for the uh, for the reputation of the podcast, for what little reputation we have around here. I don't think you and I ever said that Brady wasn't coming to Tampa. As soon as the report from Rick Stroud came out that the Bucs are going to pursue Tom Brady, I was like, all right, this is going to happen. I was never one of those people that was in doubt. Did you, you, you didn't think like I don't think anybody thought right, it was going to happen, yeah? Right right after that report, you didn't
1: think, oh, he's going to be in Tampa, like, but I was never, the, I was we, never you know, on this show
0: banging my everyone, chest saying he wasn't no, going to be here.
1: Everyone definitely knew it that who their target was, every everyone knew, and um, you know, and we covered it. Uh, so you know, you can go back and listen to the few episodes before he signs, uh, you can go back and listen to them, they're available right now, so um, yeah, but it's just. It's not going to happen. Like, like, yeah, it would be nice if you can get Stephon Gilmore for a fifth round pick and then not have to give him a contract extension. Sure, like, absolutely, pay him more that's avoidable not, years. That's not the situation we're in, you know. Yeah, it, it's it, it's going to start to be the Bucks are going to have some 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 cap issues. Like they are, and a move like that is what really hurts you. Obviously, Richard Sherman, it'd be a one year deal. It would probably be for not. It wouldn't be for a ton of money. I mean you know he's the season's already started but at the same time I don't know like how much does he actually have left you know and he has he has some off-field issues right now that haven't been resolved yet I feel like he would have been signed already right like Josh Norman who is terrible was just was just signed by San Francisco um and Josh Norman is not good Richard Sherman is better than Josh Norman but I feel like there's just there's there's a reason that Richard Sherman is still available.
0: Do you remember right. when like Josh Norman was the best corner in the NFL for yeah. that period of time? Yeah, twenty like Carolina,
1: Carolina. Buc- Bucs QBs know that very well. Yeah, right. Um, so I, you know, it just it's stop. Just, just I, I, I get it, right? Like I, I, I get it. You always want to you know, you're looking, you're looking at the free agent list, and you see a name. Right, you see Richard Sherman, and then you're looking. Oh, they might trade Stephon Gilmore the Patriots. Oh, it's just it's not realistic, right? It, it's it's really especially the the Gilmore stuff because the Gilmore stuff you got to give he wants a new contract. Yeah,
0: I don't know I, where I, people I are pulling that
1: out of. You like, know, like I
0: every we'll now, get now traded. And
1: I think it's just because it's just because Brady, it's just because Brady was a Patriot and Brady came to Tampa and Krakowski was a Patriot and came to Tampa. He just, they just think that just because Brady's here, that means that every other good Patriots player is just going to follow up. And that's not the
0: case. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into our next batch of emails. This one comes from Emily Kampa and uh, the tagline is experience where it counts. I, I kind of like the direction this one is heading. And I'm curious to get your thoughts. Hey guys, Emily Kampa here. Correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, But it's mostly Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and guys like Ryan Suckup coming through in the harder games, question mark. Their leadership and experience is really showing when it's crunch time. As much as I love this team of ours, the way it was before they were acquired was a non-playoff team. I'm not saying we didn't have the pieces to do it. I'm just saying we didn't have the smarts where it counted to break that line between pack your bags and making it to the next level. And this is a really good point because I think it's important to remember We talk all the time about the ridiculous talent that Tampa Bay has. Like that's why Tom Brady chose to come here because of the talent and the potential that these guys have. But I think with the experience factor that you brought up just there, all of those guys you mentioned, aside from like maybe Antonio Brown and Ryan Suckup, but I think they could still be grouped into there. These are just veterans who have been there before, right? Like if anybody can say they've been there before, obviously Tom Brady speaks for himself. Rob Gronkowski has a great resume. Antonio Brown has, while he hasn't gotten a ring before his time in Tampa, he's been around playoff teams. The Pittsburgh Steelers, when they were in their prime with A. B. Levy on Bell doing their thing, bro, like that was Fabulous. a great playoff team. So he's been around that culture before. Ryan Suckup, I can't exactly speak for because I don't know what. No, uh, he he played on some. He he played on some playoff teams. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys have been there before. And I think when you look at the Bucks, even though we have all of that talent, Mike Evans, seven years in the NFL, before Tom Brady came here, had never even sniffed the playoffs. Levante David, one of the best linebackers in the NFL, didn't get his roses because he had never been to the playoffs. He didn't have that postseason experience. He had never been there before. Shaq Barrett, Super Bowl champion, JPP, Super Bowl champion, but some other guys on that defense that you look at just haven't been there before. And I think building a culture like the Bucks have been trying to do these past two years starts with surrounding yourself with guys who have been there before. And luckily, with the Buccaneers reaching the top of the mountain, winning a Super Bowl championship, every single person on that roster can now say they've been there before. Uh, but I wanted to get your take on, on what Emily brings to the table. I think it's a great point.
1: It, it is a good point. And I, I think especially in the close games, I think you're starting to see it, right? Uh, the close games of what to do, what not to do. And, and and obviously, you know, as time goes on, we'll see it We'll see it less because the guys like Tom Brady and Robert and Antonio Brown, Ryan Suckoff, those guys will stand out less. And you want to know why? Because the rest of the team is experiencing the same thing. So now they know what to do in that situation. Everybody on that roster now, but, obviously, aside from the rookies and, like, Giovanni Bernard, every single person knows what it takes to win a championship now. Every single one of them. You know, like they, they, they know what it takes to win a championship because they did it. And uh, that's that experience is invaluable, right? So, I think, right, you know, especially last year and, and in games like the last one against Dallas, you really see it. But I think as the games go on, you're going to see those guys, like Tom Brady and stuff, not necessarily performance-wise, but like the 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 situational and knowing what to do and being there before. You're going to see that stand out less and less. It'll still be there, but it'll stand out less and less because everybody around them now also knows what to do. Mm-hmm. Everyone, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they know what to do in a two-minute drill now right not like they you know obviously they knew how to play football before but like they know how to execute a successful two-minute draw to go and win the game which was an issue in tampa in years past right um the offensive line they know what they got to do the running backs they know what they got to do the defense they know when when a big drive is needed to get a big stop right to get the big turnover they they now know that The, the the special teams they know when hey you know Riley Pinion knows it's people's champ. He knows he's got to pin them down there. Right. He, you know, he, he's got to pin them. And obviously he's trying to do it every time. But, like, it's just it's more situational awareness because these guys are experiencing this. Exactly. Every single person on that roster, whether it's a Devin White, uh, Levante David. Like you said, Levante David was the veteran. And he'd never been to the playoffs even. No, not one playoff game. And then he wins a championship. So it's an invaluable experience thankful for you know tom brady and rob Gronkowski because those guys did bring those types of experiences and situational awareness to the team but i just think like i said i think it's gonna be standing out less and less because everybody else is going to have that same exact experience and now they're going to know how to win yeah. they they finally know how to win and what it takes to win and that is the number one key in football
0: And it's also not so much about, like you said, you know, they didn't know how to, it's not like they didn't know how to do it before, right? Like, Chris Godwin knows how to perform a two-minute drill. The guys on the offense know what they're doing. The guys on the defense, when they have to make a stop, they know that. But situational awareness combined with, like, these expectations for yourself as a player— I think is what factors into this when you've been there before and you know that this is what's expected from you. You're not going to get off of the field unless you meet those expectations. Like if you're on defense and you know, the Cowboys are driving and let's just say it's another it's let's flip the situation from the end of the game, right? The Cowboys are driving. They have a two minute drill a field goal. They win. The defense knows that the expectation is no points. And you know, when you have that level of, uh, of not only communication but experience, yeah. and just wherewithal that everybody understands each other. It, that's the expectation. And if you don't meet the expectation, you're probably going to lose a football game.
1: Yeah, and, and you know things things don't always go their way. You know the 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 defense did give up the field goal right in Chicago last year. The Bucks had a two minute drill to win the game, didn't get it done. Not everything's going to work out. You know you're not going to you know you're not going to execute a perfect two minute drill. Every single time you have it, every single time you need it, you're not going to get the defensive stop every single time you need it. You're not going to get the turnover every single time you need it. That's football. Right. That just happens. Like, you know, not everything is going to go according to plan, but it's so valuable to have that experience to know what moments are big. Right. And obviously, you know, but like the winning thing, like, you know, they didn't know how to win. Like that's like, that's a culture thing. They didn't know how to win. You always said, oh, the Bucks are great at finding ways to lose games. And they always seem to find a different way. That's, that is the players not knowing how to win. That's what that is. And now you know what they're doing? They're finding different ways to win football games. Last year, they were down 17 and nothing at halftime against Atlanta. They won that football game. Sure then they did. Blew, you know, then the, the very next week, blow the doors off of Detroit. That's another way to win the football game. This week going down, you know Atlanta, Atlanta, Dallas is a you know an underdog. They're, they're you know bucks were heavily favored. It's a bright light game, you know, big. You know you're up the season, you go down, you find a way to win the football game, and that's what they're doing now. That's how I know that this team and the players on this team have finally learned how to win because beforehand they didn't know how to win. It would always be something crazy that would happen, whether it be Matt Gavers, the Giants, right, doing everything else right, missing the kick, losing the game. That's that's not knowing how, to, that's not knowing how to win. You didn't win the game, um, and it's just it's it's so nice and it's such a breath of fresh air to see a football team that finally understands how to get the job done.
0: Yeah, I mean one of those crazy ass things that happen, I think could be grouped into uh, Chris Godwin fumbling yeah. on the two yard line. Literally, that would have that was that would have been it. That that would have been the dagger for any Tampa Bay teams in the past. And I'll wrap it up. We we, we even thought it was. I mean, yeah, there, there, there wasn't yeah. we were like, oh, like
1: that's we we text each other. We were like, that might do it. Because we were like, that is just so like 2010 to 2019, that is just so bucks. Yeah. You know, that touchdown ends the game. But nope, you can't even get a field goal out of it because he fumbles.
0: <laughs> One more thing I'll say to wrap this up. And and call me biased. Call me a Brady fanboy. Maybe it's this part of it coming out of me, but somebody else said it on—I uh, believe our post-game video. Somebody had commented and said that if you had any other quarterback in the NFL, I don't know if the Buccaneers win this game, and I—I I, I kind of agree with that statement only because. You think about everything that this Bucks team has gone through over the last season, right? Tom Brady being brought in, changing the culture. Bruce Arians from even his first day in 2019 has been working pretty hard to get this Bucks team where they are right now. And I only say Tom Brady because that's, you know, the obviously the quarterback the Bucs chose, and he chose Tampa Bay. But I think it's just the perfect analogy for this situation. You know, Tom Brady, that's why he's on your team. We talked about this way back last April when they signed him. This is why you sign him, because let's face it, any other quarterback the Bucs have had over the last 10 years, I don't know is going to flawlessly execute a two-minute drive like that. Uh, with limited timeouts, mind you, right? And then at the very end of it, he has enough time to throw three straight incomplete chins to run the clock down so the Buccaneers can squeeze as much time left, get out of there, kick the game winner, and go home. I just don't know if that happens with any other quarterback. I know, obviously, you can put Patrick Mahomes in there and say that, yeah, he can he can do stuff like this. And sure, physically, there's other QBs who can do it. But with the way that this Bucks team has been built and Tom Brady being the catalyst for all of it, I I don't know if there's another quarterback who can go in there and do that with these guys, because we we just talk about, you know, the way that he elevates everybody around him. And and that's kind of what I think this whole, you know, last 10 minutes have been talking about with Emily's question. Um, But we'll wrap it up with this. I, I just wanted to, you know, kind of throw that out there, I guess. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the only the only one you could make the argument for is Mahomes. that that's that's pretty maybe much Aaron right Rodgers but his week one maybe, performance was garbage he's the I one mean, who
0: lost me my goddamn fantasy matchup sure. this week Evan
1: maybe Russell Wilson maybe um but like yeah Tom Brady like if for this particular also how'd you like that L um I didn't not at all <laughs> um
0: we play each- know, for- do we play each other again this year or no just if we get uh, the playoffs I- I'm not
1: sure. I'll have to check. Okay. I will check. Um, so our our buddy Fisher, our buddy Fisher, though, you're talking he was talking a big game. He got blown out.
0: So oh my God, did he
1: really? Yeah, he lost by almost like 40. Um, <laughs> so Fisher, you gotta step it up, buddy. Peloton boy, you gotta step it up. Oh man, um, man. So um, yeah, it's you know, maybe you can make a case for those guys, but like you said, for this particular situation, it's almost like, you know, kind kind of perfect um to have that guy yeah and that's exactly right we've said it a lot you know that's why you know obviously you bring Tom Brady in technically what you brought Tom Brady in for he's already done (laughs) um which is kind of crazy bring
0: him in for the two minute drills let me let me yeah like
1: like what you brought him in for he's already done he's he's won your world championship um but you also bring him in for moments like that that's why you know that, that's why you draft someone at number one overall. That's why you draft a quarterback. He is brought there to do that. That is why you get that guy. If you want a basic true two-minute drill when you're going to go uh, seven and ten in a season, sign Andy Dalton. You know, and, and you what, what you sign, that's what you'll get. Like, you know, it won't be terrible, but also don't expect anything spectacular. You sign Tom Brady. You, you draft James Winston at one to try – and get moments like that that's why you do it that's why the Bengals drafted joe burrow at one the jaguars drafting trevor lawrence at one you know the the Rams trading for matthew stafford right uh the broncos signing peyton manning that's what you're chasing and that's exactly what tom brady is delivering right now
0: hell yeah man let's go ahead and move on to our final question and then of course we'll close out with evan's take bag if you have one this week but uh this is a A bonus question, I guess. Also from Emily Compa. But the question more so from her husband, Joseph, uh, who also says hi, by the way. Joseph is the one who got Emily into watching the show, and uh, she said she is extremely happy for that. She loves the show. So thanks for your question, Emily. Let's go ahead and get to this one. Shifting the topic over to the tight end room. We've had this discussion before, right? I feel like we have it once every three months. (laughs) My husband, Joseph, insists... That O.J. Howard should be traded. I say that O.J. will make the difference in some of our games this season and some big catches during crunch time games, but what do you think? Should O.J. Howard be traded? Because obviously he didn't bring very much to this offense week one. A lot of people say that we can do just fine without him, and he has without a doubt been a controversial topic for Bucks fans these past few seasons because of the, the injury history, not being able to finish out a season and just the lack of overall production that the Bucks thought they were going to get when they got him at what, pick number 19?
1: Yeah. Um, so it's tough because I would say if they're going to trade for a veteran corner, maybe O.J. Howard is a part of that deal. Maybe. Maybe it's like O.J. Howard and like a fourth round pick to somebody for a veteran corner. So you, because... think,
0: it's a, you think it's a possibility we could see him traded before the deadline?
1: It's a possibility if he keeps playing six snaps a game, just like he did against Dallas. I mean, you know, if he's barely out there, you know, like who knows? Um, and he's also he's a free agent after this year. The Bucks this is it. This is his fifth year option year. So the Bucks, he's is an unrestricted free agent. So if if the Bucks decide, hey, we're probably bringing Gronkowski back, we can just bring back Cameron Bray and just let Howard walk. Why not try and, and get somebody who who can help you in, in another area at the trade deadline?
0: Get some more I'm value not, for it now than you could at the end of the season.
1: Well, yeah, because obviously at the end of the season, you can't trade him at all. So, um, you know, and, and right now his value is even little, which is why you got to package it with a draft pick. But it's just it's just a little sweetener there. So maybe they do determine that. I'm not saying they will. Um, and I think OJ, I still think OJ is a good player. I, I do. But um, Got to get on the field, man. Got to get on the field and have limit the mental mistakes. I think that's been a bigger issue than the actual injuries even. Uh, he'll have, you know, some some decent plays, but then he'll just have one boneheaded mistake that you're like can't happen. And, and it either results in a turnover or it's a key drop or it's a key missed block. It's just it's he's so close to being so good, but he's not there yet. The Bucks are trying to win now. They can't wait for him to get there. So if they determine by week six or seven, like hey Howard, they ain't going to work. Let's start, you know, and let's say Sean Murphy bunting is going to miss a little bit longer, right? Maybe they say, well, we can maybe call this team up who needs a tight end. I might want to take a flyer on a young guy like Howard in their offense. And we can ask for this corner. Maybe something like that happens. That's the only, that's the only trade scenario I would see. Um, I do believe there has been attempts in the past to trade OJ Howard. Uh, They've always had a pretty high price tag on him. Uh, That has not changed. Uh, Obviously now the price tag will be probably a little bit different because of his injury history and stuff. And now him being a free agent after this year and at the deadline, trade deadline, you're not going to get a huge deal involving first round picks and this and that. That's more of an offseason thing. Um, But, I could see O.J. Howard traded. I don't think it's likely because I think the Bucks truly want to give him a chance like this whole season. But I, I could see a world where, where O.J. Howard is traded. It, would, it wouldn't it would be I, – I really don't think it would be for like just a fifth-round pick or something. I think it would be Howard packaged with a draft pick to get somebody that can help right now. Yeah.
0: And as much as I hate to say this about the guy, because he is my uh, what my impact player of the year, comeback player of the year, most improved player of the year. Yeah, breakout. Yeah, breakout breakout player of the year. My break,
1: my breakout player's been off to a great start, Jamel Dean.
0: (laughs) Hey, at least he's seeing the field, right? I mean, six Uh, what
1: would you you rather not see the field or suck when you're on it? I don't don't know.
0: But I don't think it's a coincidence that we keep talking about this because it, it it just, like you said, I think it's something the Bucks might have had in their back pocket for a long period of time. Now has his price tag, according to the rest of the league, steadily gone down over the last two, three years? 100%. But also the Buccaneers have spent all that time kind of waiting around for him to get healthy and potentially do the things that they drafted him to do. Now, with what, with what we have seen from Rob Gronkowski, I don't think there's any questions about his health or what kind of shape he is in after week one, putting up damn near 100 yards and two touchdowns. We know that Cam Braid is a more than serviceable guy. I think the Buccaneers can fill in that third tight end spot with somebody else that they've had. But it's a shame. It, it is a shame. But hopefully we'll, we'll we'll kind of find out. I think the future of OJ Howard, you brought it up is a little contingent on uh, the status of Sean Murphy bunting by the time week six, week seven rolls around and that deadline starts to creep up on you, but definitely a very interesting situation to keep an eye on. And if you guys have any comments at all about anything uh, regarding these questions that we were submitted or anything we've talked about on the show today, make sure you leave them down in the comment section below. If you're watching us on YouTube, we will respond to them, probably read them and laugh at them, but uh, we love having you guys comment and you're a great part of the show. We love having you here now, the newest segment on the show that we choose to close every single week with is Evan's take bag. And uh, Mr. Wanish, the floor is yours, my friend. There it
1: is. For the YouTube audience only, you get to see the actual take bag. So, right, if every you're listening... single time we
0: do a take bag, there's like <laughs> 10 seconds of awkward silence for the audio people. And they're like, what the hell?
1: If you want to see what the take bag looks like, yeah, it's
0: spectacular. <laughs> Trust me folks. It
1: is, yeah, it is it's marvelous. It, it's pretty
0: mind blowing.
1: It is. If you want to see what it looks like, go ahead and check it out on YouTube.
0: Oh.
1: Anyways, um, not really a whole lot of buck stuff. Uh I, I don't think I'm getting game pass. I, they they added all twenty two back.
0: Oh, they did. But wow.
1: We got an update, folks. I don't know minimal clap is apparently they changed some stuff and now it's like worse Oh no. um so it used to be you're able to jump from like you're able to pick a certain play yeah, out to yeah. watch now apparently you 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 can't do that anymore
0: you just have to watch um, the whole game and then rewind yeah
1: like, like 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 yeah like you can skip ahead or anything like you can do that but like yeah you can't pick a particular play um some people have reported like they're watching film there will be like a black line right in the middle of when they're watching it i'm like yeah i'm not and a lot of people are like yeah it looks like i just wasted a hundred dollars so I was like, yeah i'm not oh man um so i will not be getting it. until things some things change with all 22 i will not be getting that that is that sounds brutal yeah. um so for first off you don't even have all 22 to start the season and then once you do get it you, you he takes some stuff away. and like, come on. Like, are you, are you kidding me? Sounds um, like uh,
0: sounds like Madden, honestly.
1: I mean, I don't know a, how much a little experience bit, have I mean,
0: taking features out of Madden, but they tend to do that after, you know, telling you it's going to get better for a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had this conversation before about Madden, but I mean, they, you know, Rick gets really really angry about that. He, he takes his video games, sports video games, particularly Listen, buddy, Very If you serious. don't,
0: I'm, I'm just here to tell you right now, just as a little disclaimer to anybody who's listened to the podcast up until this point, we deserve better. Uh, EA sports should not be the exclusive license holder for the NFL and video games. I believe other companies should be allowed to produce 11 on 11 simulation football because the last time that happened, EA sports had to buy out the competition because they knew they were going to get their ass whooped. Because to this day, ESPN NFL 2K5, a game that was only $20 at launch, is still better than Madden 22. Um, I, I think the expectation should be raised, and I think we deserve better as football gamers. Because I'm tired of playing an almost 20-year-old video game if I want my simulation fixed, Evan. That's why I'm upset, and that's why I get so angry about it. When's the last Madden you bought? The last Madden I bought was Madden 18. I got it at the midnight release at my local GameStop. I got the GOAT edition. Uh, got my Mutt team rolling very early and then got bored because I don't like Ultimate Team. It's too much of a grind unless you spend money. And I played through the long shot mode because I think that was, what, 18 was the first year they had long shot? It might have been, yeah. I think yeah. So. And like, there, there wasn't very much special about it. I remember I kind of enjoyed it because I played... Online, I played the hell out of Madden 16 and 17. Like, I think you remember my Madden phase. I had mm-hmm. Madden uh, Madden highlight videos. But, I mean, even in the grand scheme of things, as much as I enjoyed those games competitively, I go back and I play them now, and it's like, this isn't simulation football. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't animation-based football can work to a degree, but not in the way that Madden tries to present itself. And, um... You know, I can go back and play Madden 16 and I feel like I'm playing the exact same game as Madden 21 or 22 on next gen even like it, it just for me, you know, I know the technology was very different. But when I was growing up, like I played, I went from Madden 03 to 04 and I remember 05 came around, they introduced the hit stick, right? That was a huge deal. I remember Madden 06 came around. They introduced the QB Vision Cone. That was kind of a big deal, even though I didn't use it. It was still a cool new feature. Every single year, their franchise got better. I don't know if you played the old PS2 Madden franchises, but they used to have something called the Tony Bruno Show. And Tony Bruno would do a weekly radio show talking about players negotiating for contracts, who won big that week, who got their ass kicked. Like, I remember he talked about Michael Strahan was negotiating with the Giants for uh, to be the highest paid NFL defensive player at the time. And, you know, training camp is coming up, and we're just going to have to see what happens. But he's ready to play no matter what. Like, these are all things that I remember from my gameplay experience because I couldn't find it in other games. And then Madden nowadays, bro? Like, I've played franchise mode from Madden 18. I played it in 19. I didn't play Madden 20. I skipped that one. I have been playing Madden 21 on Next Gen. Madden 22, I've played franchise and all those, and it's just, it, it's the same thing. Like, it, like, Madden 22, didn't they just promote and tout that you can sign assistant coaches again? Even though they're yeah. not licensed assistant coaches? Bro, okay. back in Madden 06 and 07 in franchise mode, you could sign whoever the hell you wanted to be your offensive and defensive coordinator. All licensed names, all different playbooks, all had different effects on your team. I, I just... Let me wrap up this rant by saying this, because I've been going on for way too long about football video games, but, like, the expectation for Madden is just so low that it's insulting to the player base, and the people who still legitimately care about Madden, like, they are just consistently made fools of. I don't know if you watched Lil Dicky and Marshawn Lynch play Madden 22, Cowboys versus the Bucks, but there is a blatant edit in the video where Marshawn Lynch got tackled as Leonard Fournette Leonard Fournette laid down on his back and then like stood back up broke the tackle and then the play was whistled dead and in the broadcast there is just this awkward ass edit where they black the screen out and then they show Marshawn Lynch's reaction they show the girl who was hosting it whose name I forget right now but she said something and then boom we move on like nothing ever happened I think they just think we're idiots And I, we deserve better from our video games because you look at the state of every other sports video game right now. I don't know why 2k players complain the way that they do. Have you seen the depth in those games, bro? Like, come on, dude. I I just, uh, let me take a deep breath. Let me step down off of my soapbox. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen for, you know, I know you're listening to a Buccaneers podcast, but we had to, it's the very end of the show, right? It's the take back. There's my contribution. There you go. Madden sucks, and it will be trash until EA is no longer the exclusive rights holder of NFL football of NFL video games. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you, thank you. You you need to take a drink after that. Yeah, I I did
0: need a sip of my drink. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) that was like four straight minutes of just. I could could go
0: for thirty. I could probably start another podcast just talking shit on Madden every single week. (laughs)
1: Oh, man. Well, I guess the the, the last thing about the mailbags would be pretty quick. Um, (laughs) Don't don't worry about Mike Evans, um, whatever. Oh, yeah. I I saw a lot of people freaking out. He had more catches and more yards in this game than he did in week one in New Orleans last year. Still got 1,000 yards. Relax, okay? Chill out. He had one catch for two yards in New Orleans last year. Yes, it was a touchdown, but it's one catch for 2 yards. This year, he, has, he had three catches for 24 yards. Relax.
0: 3 times of production already, he's, man.
1: He's gonna get his. Relax.
0: There's, so, yeah, there, that, it,
1: that that that, end, that ends it. That's um Yeah, we actually we got a bonus because we also got Rhett's whole <laughs> – I mean, just basically a breakdown of the entire Madden franchise.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I just, I, just don't, I mean, Listen, no, no, no,
1: no, no. No need to be sorry. But like, Whew, man, we we should call it like the Madden the Madden Minute or something. Is that, I, I that's, might that's I might take that I
0: might take that clip and and turn it into something else because like, yeah, dude, I could go on I could go on all day about Madden. And there's other YouTube channels that do. If you guys want to check it out, I think Ryan Moody is one. Ryan Moody Twenty One. Uh, set the edge just talked about it before sports drink tv does a lot of videos about the decline of the madden franchise if you have the spare time and you're interested in stuff like that make sure you go check it out because those guys do a way better job of breaking it down than i could um but the state that nfl gaming is in nowadays is in shambles and i do think that we deserve better one more thing I will say regarding the Mike Evans tidbit. I, I like that you brought that up because I know that, like, even I was asking myself after that first game, like Mike kind of looked out of it. And I will say that some of the targets he did get, he did kind of look not entirely ready, but also let's just let's just chop that up to week one football, right? Mike Evans is going to get his this season. There are going to be games where the uh, the defensive coordinator for whatever team they're about to go up against probably spent a lot more time in film talking about how to slow down guys like Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin yes. to where Mike Evans isn't going to have two to three guys on him the entire game. Because it seems like most of the times when we see Mike he, Evans... He's, he's double teamed every play. Exactly. Whenever we talk about Mike Evans not having a huge day, it's because there were just guys on him the entire game. So hopefully yeah. there
1: there will be games where Chris Godwin has three catches for twenty yards. Like there there will be games where Antonio Brown, you don't even remember if Antonio Brown played. Like there will be games where Rob Gronkowski doesn't have a catch. Like that those games will happen. Um it's just the nature of the beast. And when you have a high powered offense like that, only one football and there's only four quarters. So yeah. Very, very
0: true. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you to every single person who sent in questions, takes, whatever it may be regarding the Cannon Fire mailbag. Looking forward to this to be a uh, pretty regular part of the show as we get back to three shows a week here in the regular season. We will talk to you guys a little bit later this week. Now... I. I know at this point you guys probably think we have commitment issues as far as the schedule goes, and that's just because of my day job. It kind of ruins any planning that I might have for my schedule that week. But either Thursday or Friday, for sure, like it's going to be one of those two days, I promise you. It's not going to be Saturday. It's not even going to be tomorrow, Wednesday. Thursday or Friday, we're going to be back on our game preview show. We might even have a special guest with us. Who knows? Uh, But we will talk to you guys more about the upcoming matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. And we'll break down all the latest news at that time. Make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at bucks_daily, underscore daily. The number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers You can also find Evan on Twitter at EvanNFL, where he will not follow you back. But I'll tell you who will. That's myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Let's chop it up. Let's talk some bucks. I am down whenever. Hell, send me a tweet about Madden, right? If you have any thoughts about the state of Madden, leave them in the comments down below. Send me a tweet. We'll talk about it. That's what we're here for, right? right. Thank you to everybody who checked out the show this week. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast, brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co host, Evan Wanish. And like I said, we'll talk to you guys a little bit later this week for our game preview show. Excited to get to it. We'll talk to you next time. Until then, and as always, go Bucks.